Super Talk Mississippi media production. I'm Steve Azar, and I'm on the other side of the microphone, meaning I'm asking the questions this time, and oh, have mercy for the airwaves. I spent 20 years in Music City, wrote and made some hits, traveled the world, and then moved my family back to the birthplace of American music and where the magnolia trees prosper. And now every time I put my feet on Mississippi soil, when I'm off the road, well, I'm at peace. On this show, it's all about hearing the stories straight from the mouths of the friends I've made along the way, their journey to success. Heck, there might be someone on, I don't even know, but you know how us Mississippi types are. We tend to take well to new company. In a Mississippi Minute, all 60 of them. I'm Steve Azar. It's just like that muddy river moving slow. Ain't no worries, it's how life goes, baby. In a Mississippi Minute. That's right. Welcome to the Mississippi Minute. I'm Steve Azar reminding us all, absolutely including me, as we get back to living a little at a time following all guidelines, especially right now into the second phase of this mess. There's certainly many wonderful things right here to do in Mississippi, just a short drive away. Just go to visitmississippi.org to find out more. All right, today I'm telling you, if there's anyone I appreciated more and listened to in my 20 years in Music City, it would be hard-pressed to find more than today's guest, if that makes sense. Stay with me. A publicist to the stars for decades. She's helped mold, change, shape and mostly fixed careers of some of the greats, including Waylon Jennings, Trace Atkins forever, so many more. And of course, I'm her mud act, or been her mud act in, in her life so many years. Her world is built on relationships, strategy, experience. And when the world of music knows you by your first name, like Reba Willie Garth, then you know you've arrived. Please welcome to the Keep Mississippi Beautiful studio, my dear, dear friend, someone that, I, that truly impacted my life, my family, and career that I love and appreciate so dang much. We call her Shotzi, Shotzi Hageman. That was beautiful. You know, here's the deal. This is so much fun for me. For <laughs> folks out there, when you walk in Shotzi's office, you are on point because she's not messing around because we got work to do. And uh, and it's just so interesting that uh, I ended up on this side of the microphone. And I, and I really have enjoyed it. Um, you taught me so much about interviews uh being the ones asked the questions and i never paid attention enough in my time to the one spending the time to prepare and ask the questions which is sometimes difficult and uh and also you know shotzi you get asked the same questions over and over so you become like you can run a tape recorder but uh with me and you it's going to be a whole lot different so i try to be different okay shotzi so it's been a while since I've gotten to hug you. We moved back to Mississippi, and uh, and that was uh, difficult for us to leave friends like you and uh, a, a small group of others that just really impacted our family's life while we were there. But career-wise, we had so many great moments together, so many trying times together. I want to go back to the beginning, it, you know, in the 70s probably. Uh, you know, when does this become something real to you, and was it your plan? Well, I didn't really know I would end up being a publicist. That was not the plan. But And I've not been ever gone to school or been formally trained to be a uh, publicist. I just sort of BS'd my way into it <laughs> once I met a few and went, oh, I can do that. 
But it was always a dream, and it always was a plan to be in the music business. You know, I left Texas, oh, I want to say 1975, 1976, and moved to California with the sole purpose of getting a job in the music business, being around entertainers. I didn't want to perform. I just wanted to be in the business. Mm -hmm. Don't ask me why. That's, you know, that's interesting. Why country? which has been sort of your staple, I guess, right? Well, country wasn't, oh gosh, I left Texas because I thought, oh, yeah. I just hate country music. And um, I did. I didn't, that was the furthest thing from my mind. In fact, all of the yaks that I worked with in California, were, there wasn't a country person out there. You know, I worked with Chicago, I worked with Tower of Power, I worked with Badfinger, and a lot of um, acts that were not close to country at all. And I loved it. But then, you know, fast forward, there was so much that happened during that period of time. And then I moved to Nashville because a dear friend of mine said, oh, the town is about to explode. You know, it really needs someone like you with your vision. And, you know, there's, you know, you'd be like a big fish in a little pond. And and anyway, I I believed them. I think it was about the time of the cowboy, the urban cowboy movement or something. Mm -hmm. So I packed up everything because I had done quite a bit. I wasn't working with Chicago anymore. They were disbanding. and so They were fighting, weren't they? The <laughs> they were. I was in the big <laughs> middle of that. That was pretty. And um, But I, I left and moved to Nashville in 1982. And like I said, the whole point of being here was I was going to use those connections I had made in New York and in L.A., and find talent here in Nashville that was not country, that nobody knew what to do with. And that's what I wanted to do. That was my actual goal. I ended up almost starving to death because <laughs> yeah. there was, you know, there was great talent there that wasn't country. But nobody wanted to deal with me. Nobody wanted to do anything for them. And um, it was just hard. It was Had I moved from Texas to Nashville at that time? It would have probably been an easier road, but because I came from California and I was so used to dealing with big shots, if you will, and um, lots of famous producers, and I, they were just, they'd had a different way of doing business. Right. And when I tried to do that in Nashville, they were going to have none of that. And, and I was told even a couple of times, hey, go back. You know, we don't want your type here. So <laughs> it was really rough for uh, several years to be uh, a bossy uh flamboyant lady that what did you just say real quick can you repeat that (laughs) (laughs) oh Oh. well you know i i try to pride myself in that i don't tell people or the acts that i work with (laughs) what to say i give them direction you know give them advice and information and then ultimately at the end of the day it's their call so so when you get a situation that comes across uh and you're having to put a fire out Mm -hmm. does that sort of give you a charge and give you like okay i'm gonna spin this and it's gonna be better you know how they they say uh, uh, bad press is you know although you had to lay me down on the couch and go steve just lay there and relax (laughs) breathe a little bit because i hated bad press you know but but are they really truly opportunities uh for something greater Well, I don't know that, you know, I had so, you know, the kind of clients I worked with 
Well, first of all, when I, my first client, when, when I got into being a publicist, when I decided uh, so much happened in between once I moved here and started Hot Shots Management Company, and then I, I went broke, and then I, uh, a friend of mine, the friend of mine who convinced me to move here, he said, hey, come work with me as a field producer for um, Entertainment Tonight. So I did that for a while. Uh, that's when things kind of changed for me in the industry. But once I decide, decided, okay, I want to be a publicist, because I was meeting so many publicists um, by working at Entertainment Tonight, and I thought, I like that. It just feels like something I can do. So, um, but fast forward, once I got into it, I, uh, my first client, my very first client was Waylon Jennings. I mean, so, come on. It was, was going to be all downhill when somebody like Steve Azar walks in the room. <laughs> and he was already a legend by that point, yeah. you know, and there wasn't any telling Waylon what to do or anything, although the the reason why I, when I look back on things, is and, and lots of his family and, and people have told me this, is that the reason we got along so well and we worked together for so long and was because I wasn't afraid of him. I wasn't afraid to go, uh, no, you know, why don't you try taking that hat off for a while? <laughs> I will never forget giving him that piece of advice, and, you know, little did I know what I was asking. But um, I just thought it would make him look younger if he tried that for a few years. And you know what he did? Yeah, because he, cause I know why. <laughs> So, so uh, what years were those? Because I'm trying. I to... started working with. I started my own PR company. I had worked. This was after working with Sony for a couple of years as manager of PR at the record label. After Entertainment Tonight, then I went to Sony, which was Columbia and Epic at the time, and Waylon was on Epic Records. And then I started my own PR company in 1992, and that's when yeah. I started working with Waylon. And I worked with him up until he died. Um, you know, in fact, I was, you know, manning the press, which he didn't want any, at his memorial. So that was interesting. Was that difficult? Pretty difficult, right? Cause well, you, I thought it was. So I thought, you know, even... <laughs> <laughs> he, I was doing things his way. He didn't want press at his service. He didn't want it to be like Tammy's or some of the other people's that had turned into like a media zoo. He didn't want that. And I actually um, ended up talking Shooter and Jesse into allowing um, Associated Press to come in. Wow. And they could take one photo, which was of the guitar on the stage, and they could report... You know, and then feed it to everybody else. I got you. I got you. And, wow. But, oh, that pissed so many people off. I can't tell you. Yeah. Well, so, um, you, that, well that's, that's your, your, what do you call it, montage? Your, uh, montage? But, Not montage. Well, that's what I was going to say. That's your thing. Is that, that, that's the reason why I think <laughs> clients like Waylon and, and um, Trace, and even you, you, you knew I had your back, you know, I protected my Not a doubt. my way of doing business, uh, and I'd like to think my trademark is, is I protect the client first. Right. Well, heaven is has been rocking ever since he made his way into those pearly gates, I can promise you that. We're going to take a quick break with my girl, Shotzi. Shotzi, Shotzi, Hageman. You're in the Keep Mississippi Beautiful studio. Go to visit Mississippi.org to find your next road trip. It's right here at Blues Trail, Country Music Trail, Civil Rights Museum. So cool. So many museums. The Jim Henson Museum. It never ends. We'll be right back. In a Mississippi Minute with Steve Azar, right here on Super Talk Mississippi. 
If there's anybody in the world that knows how much I live for this beautiful state I call Mississippi, it's my rock star publicist, Shotzi Hakeman. Uh, Shotzi uh, is Hot Shots PR. If you guys want to be noticed or seen, uh, and also be reprimanded on daily occasions. <laughs> she's your girl, and she's the best. Uh, you're in the Keep Mississippi Beautiful studio, as always. Go to visit Mississippi.org. we got a lot of mess going on, and you can just drive to something beautiful and spectacular. Just explain more. All right, Shotzi. So you, you talk about Waylon. He's the first sort of big client and first client. So it's all, like I said, it's all a snowball downhill at that point. Um, and, and so... Taking a legend like that, who's gone through so many trials and tribulations and so many highs in his career, obviously way more highs than lows, but people don't understand what goes on with artists. Uh, you know, it's not all peaches and cream. And so you're dealing with all of it, the bittersweet and all that. And But taking a, somebody like that and then starting with somebody that was sort of new like me, right, or somebody like uh, our girl uh, Maggie Rose or anybody that comes along – and with Trace in the beginning, what is the difference and the challenges with each? Well, the, the, the irony is is that my first client was Waylon, and he had a children's album that was coming out. And, and that's really ultimately when I first met, his, when his assistant called me to work with him. A lot of people don't know this story, but they, she called me and said, hey, you want to work with Waylon? You know, he's got a children's album, and we know you had, when you were at Epic, you were doing the children's record. The Chipmunks had a record. Mm, yeah. <laughs> and uh, called Friends, and I think it was Chipmunks <laughs> in Low Places or something like that. But And Waylon was on it, um, and that was when I had first met him. Um, and I didn't really like him. I thought he was just kind of grumpy. And um, so I really, when she asked me to work with him, I told her no. Hmm. Uh, I didn't think so. And <laughs> like, again, I don't know sometimes where I get my guts, if you will. Yeah. Um, but it's just my, I, I go by my gut instinct and I just thought, no, you know, he's, he's a little grumpy and I didn't really like how he treated me when I was doing press for him at this press event and um but she convinced me to listen to this children's record and she said you know she assured me he was not the can i on your program (laughs) not really but go ahead (laughs) but anyway you can bleep that out but i just said no i didn't (laughs) want to um to work with him so but she convinced me that you know i should come meet him listen to the music i did long story short i i decided to work with him the record was wonderful um and so what my the difference between waylon and the other clients is was i was having to say no to people because everybody wanted to talk to waylon and he just wasn't that interested in that point of his career in doing that much press in fact that was our first run-in is that i had at epic i had him scheduled to do talk with like five tv crews and he was like I didn't say I would do all this press. and So anyway, long story short, he didn't want to do David Letterman. He There was a lot of stuff that, you know, the artists that came along after that would have died for. Right. He just didn't want to do. Um, it, and people, the newer artists, I found myself, 
that's why I don't sign acts unless I really truly believe in them because I get a lot of no's. I get a lot of, when I'm trying to book an artist for press, I get told no a lot. So right. um, I'm pretty persistent and you know, if I think that they're wrong and that they should listen, I'll keep going back to that press and be fairly, you know, I'm not going to take no for an right, answer. Right. But, but that was the difference. I pretty much had to beg for press for some of the new artists. And, and so I wasn't really prepared. I was, you know, for that as because my first client had been so, it wasn't easy, but it, it, I, I wasn't prepared for all of the rejections that I would get. And it's funny that for all those rejections, whenever I did get somebody on something really impressive or I did get some great press or a cover story somewhere for one of my clients, I was so excited. I was excited for them as as they were, Mm -hmm. you know. Yeah, I know. I know. I know I used to get those calls when I could tell you that you were – that it was going to be a positive conversation. <laughs> yeah, I remember doing that uh, home piece that we did. Was it for CMT or somebody? We did a uh, home tour, one of your your new home on Harpeth Ridge. Yeah. We, we did a tour of that house, yeah. remember? That I house needed remember. to be blown up. <laughs> <laughs> but but, anyway. but we loved the property. You know what I mean? We bought it because of the property. Yeah. But now they're apparently, you know, because I was going to be able to walk out with hardly any clothes on eventually as the kids left. And uh, sorry about that, everybody. But that, but you know, you, you know, them being stupid. Mm-hmm. But, but then they now, since Nashville's grown and you talk about, you know, Nashville was on the boom back in the 70s and 80s. No, it wasn't. It just went on the boom the last eight years. I, I know. And, hey, when we, Shotzi, when we, <laughs> I'll never forget that realtor, so sweet. She goes, I found this house, but is this the one because we had sent her that and she goes it's a little funky and i and we said gwen said funky in a good way or a bad way and so she goes oh okay wait so it turned out that it had probably a hundred snake skins in the attic so we had to bring in a guy i bet we spent 10 to fifteen thousand dollars, and he came in and he just cleaned everything but we had to constantly patch up holes and man i've never had so many and we had snakes in cecilia's bathroom a rattlesnake one time she walks upstairs she runs up shots and she goes there's a snake in my you know she was little there's a snake in my bathroom and it was a rattlesnake and i said oh my gosh and that tough girl you know she's like you uh i think you rubbed off on her well she just she was playing down there 30 minutes later. I would have never gone back down there. <laughs> hey, let me just tell you, Had I don't think I knew that story. As many times as I was in your home, I don't think I would have yeah. been as comfortable had I known that then. I loved that house. I loved the Friday night at, at the Azars, at the Azars yeah. you know, yeah. the cooking uh, extravagance oh, so that was fun. so wonderful you know we did that here before we left uh and we caught and we usually friday night the azars in mississippi was could be on a monday tuesday or wednesday <laughs> so so but that became sort of our our sort of our deal you know it's such a connector cooking and cecilia now is interning this summer for cat cora so there's just so many things and she's gonna be in this field i don't know if she's gonna be a uh uh, a chef but she's had a food blog and a website for the last five six years uh, uh, that, I, I saw that one coming she was always very intrigued with yeah. you know the cooking part that you guys did yeah. she was i just remember your children being so young back then and everyone would bring children sort of at <laughs> yeah. that age and then the adults were often the, the house was just perfect for entertaining it was. i will say that it was mm-hmm. um how much of it do you pay attention to 
uh, when you're working a project, like like really, you know, as a singer songwriter and making records, that's important to me. But how much of that do you pay attention to um, versus the love of the artist versus sort of the business and what you just have to go do? Am I making sense? Yes, but I, I will tell you, it all begins with the music. I have to be kind of moved by it. I've always been about the music. I would say out of all the hundreds of clients I've had over the years since 1992, there's only been two or three that I represented that I I didn't hate their music, but I did it as a favor or mm-hmm. I didn't truly believe in it. But it's all a combination. It's the artist, it's the talent, but at the core of it, it's always been about the music because that's what I've got to go and sell. That's right. what I've got to go and convince somebody, here's the story and this is why you need to feature him when there's a hundred other people vying for the same space. Right. So if I'm not a true believer, um, it's, it's hard to do that. It's, oh, and, and it's certainly, especially now that I've been doing it for so long, um, the business part of it really isn't that much fun. It's really kind of stressful. Uh, like I said, you get many more no's than you get that yes, unless it's some superstar. And quite frankly, I haven't worked with really big artists in quite some time and some of that's just by choice i thought you know i'm i can't travel i don't want to travel anymore mm-hmm. i don't want to spend 24 7 thinking about that client and what i've got to do to help build their career you know for, right. for this record that record so um i, get I started working with baby artists and and developing i found that very uh interesting and and uh challenging mm-hmm. and rewarding Right, right. We're going to take a break and continue to talk to my pal, Shotzi. She's my girl. If you want to make it and be a big star or a medium star, like some people in the room, uh, or whatever the heck it is, uh, she's your girl. Hey, you go to visit Mississippi.org, everybody. Uh, it's just a, a great place to find out so much you can do right here. Uh, and also, we're in the Keep Mississippi Beautiful studio with my beautiful pal, Shotzi. This is actually part of... Women in Business, I Dig What They Do series, which is not really official, but that's sort of how I'm going about it. You also get to play DJ because we are the birthplace of American music. Texas, grown up or not, I don't want to hear about it. So would you like to hear, I'm going to give you a little country versus pop, and let's say, would you like to hear Tammy Wynette or Paul Davis? I'd go for Tammy. You got it. With my girl Shotzi Hageman here in the Mississippi Minute. Be right back. Mississippi Minute with Steve Azar, right here on Super Talk Mississippi. In the Key Mississippi Beautiful Studio with beautiful Shotzi Hageman. Shotzi, that's all you need to know. Willie, Garth, Reba, Shotzi. Sounds right to me. And it is right. It is right. Go to visit Mississippi.org. Shotzi's going to do that when we get off the phone. And uh, and then she's going to let me know how wonderful it is. Uh, and I've been writing about this place since time began. 
Um, Shotzi, for an artist like me, and by the way, this is part of the series of Women in Business. I dig what they do, and I dig Shotzi and everything about her. Shotzi, you know, when I used to spend so much, make make my records and stuff and, and writing, it was so important for me to turn the corner and explain what it looked like and felt like where I grew up. I felt like when I went to, to Ann Arbor, Michigan, or Portland, Maine, or Portland, Oregon, or Boston, Massachusetts, or, or you know, or, or San Antonio, Texas, or down deep south, I wanted everybody to understand what it felt like for, for this place that gave me a voice, a reason to write songs, inspiration. And when I finally learned how to really, you know, be able to articulate that in song and be honest with it. I really wanted to share the world. And that was a big part of me moving back. Besides, I wanted to get to know the kids a little better before they before they up and left us. And I felt like this upbringing that I had was something that was missing in their being. So that, that was the big reason. And, you know, you got to know 20 years of being there and we, we were just starting to catch some new wings and stuff. It was odd, but I just felt like it was important for me to do that. Um, I guess my question is, uh, were you ticked off at me? <laughs> no, you know what? I I really I was surprised. I, I was going out, and I was for, selfishly disappointed because I just, you know, every time everybody asks me, and invariably they'll go, "Okay, who are your favorite artists?" You are definitely, you know, in the top five, and um, you know, I'll mention. Waylon, I'll mention Trace, I'll mention Loretta Lynn, and then there's Steve Azar. I love you and, so much. I love um, and it's because you were just so grateful and so appreciative and talented. And I loved your style. It wasn't, it w- wasn't real, you know, classic country, you know, which I love. I love the real classic stuff like Tammy. But it, it wasn't that. It was more bluesy, moody, um, Swampy, you know. I worked with Tony Joe White, and I loved his. I was going to talk to you because I was a big Tony Joe White fan. So you, uh, I love Tony, yeah. and you did work with him. Yes, I did. Yeah, and what was he like? He was uh, he was very much like you in that he was just adorable. I mean, oh. he was he was so kind and sweet. I was so sad when he passed. Yeah. I just, yeah, I, it was just heartbreaking for me. Um, he and I love, love, loved his music, you know. And I met him actually through Waylon, and then I ended up working on a couple of projects with him. And but I, you know, what can you say? His music was very swampy. And, and yeah, and well, he was somebody I listened to when I was younger. I mean, I did. So I, I could tell see uh, some influences yeah. there. Yeah, you know, the problem where I grew up is. And it's a beautiful problem. You know, it's almost like um, it is. You're just influenced by so many sides of music because it's all around you. And you really have to figure out what it is that that you need to become. And with me, it was just so long to understand. And now when I get in the room and write, I got to tell you. You know, I, I like writing alone, first of all. I always like that. Mm-hmm. But I needed the co-writing thing. And it was wonderful to, you know, write 40, 50 songs with AJ and James House and that group of guys that I just, Neil Cody's, and mm-hmm. just fell in love with. You know, and, and it was a family thing and, and, and all that. That was wonderful. But being back home, I, I didn't have that option. So um, I just, it's easier for me, actually. And, uh, and also, uh, there's something about it being 100% uh, just me. That, yeah. that there's just no, you know what I mean? It's I'm not 
there's nobody else in the room and it's just important for me to be that but i wasn't prepared to do that before i had to learn a lot of skills and a lot of things and then forget all those skills and then just go back to the beginning so it's been surreal for me but De tony joe white people like that i mean artists like that just really mattered to me uh just just how they were able to talk about to you felt like you knew where tony was from you knew where he was from he well, made you feel true. that way well, that's yeah. true, but you know he didn't he didn't do it the Nashville way either. Course, I mean, right. he toured a lot uh, overseas. I mean, mm -hmm. he toured Europe and uh, and he was like a big god over there. Everybody loved him uh, over there, and and he you know he had two or three. Hit. He was an incredible songwriter. I mean, just an incredible songwriter. All those hits he did, you know, for um, Tina Turner. Oh, and, I know. I mean, I know. you know, just crazy how many people recorded his songs. But I think as an artist, any time, I didn't meet Waylon when he was just getting started. But I knew him after he felt like he had found himself. But he talked about that evolution. And I think that if you're an artist and if you you're, you're going to continue to evolve if you're mm -hmm. successful even if you don't make a lot of money i think as you grow just just mature you live life your right. music is going to be affected by that you know i was always scared of what it would be when i when i started to get to this point in my life you know i didn't want to be i didn't want to lose that edge but mm -hmm. but I haven't. I don't feel like at all. If anything, I think I've gained an edge. But but uh, that's just my opinion. But that's the way I feel. But look, I I get it, and and it was a hard move. So I want I want to get off of that that case right now. I want to talk about what you're going through right now with all this going on in the world. Okay, there's a lot going on at one time. I feel like we're in the middle of revelations. So so we're here now and as a publicist and nobody's on the road and nobody, you know what I mean? So you're dealing right. with that and you're dealing with, you know, there's been a lot of injustices in our world with with a lot of min minorities of any kind, women, you've dealt with it, you know? So, mm -hmm. so we've seen... We've seen all of these things happen, the Epsteins and the Weinsteins and the, that, that situation, and, and you're wondering how long that could go. I guess my, I have a twofold question. One, what was the challenges of being a woman in a business that was, you know, like our business, tough? And uh, second of all, and you walk in beautiful, you know what I mean? And then you have to deal with that. And second of all, um, what's going on now and how are you handling all that? Well, first of all, I'm I'm older, so I'm not handling it like I used to. <laughs> not having to do it, but seriously, back in the um, 70s, you know, I mean, they they called me hot shots for a reason. <laughs> yeah. But I I think because, and we won't get into all of the details, but as a child, uh, there was a lot of uh, abuse as a child. A, a lot of that happened, and I learned somehow. I was gifted to not allow myself to be a victim, if you will. I, I decided mm -hmm. to take the warrior route. So as that started to happen and the men that came on to me and, and being the only woman in the room and having to deal with all of that, I just kind of held my own, you know, and some of that could be from the childhood. Some could be from being from Texas, that Texas mm -hmm. mentality. I don't know, but I... It was rare that I couldn't, and I'm on, se up on several occasions, had to just get in their face and go, you know, stick it where it don't shine. Right, right, <laughs> right. But 
I know there are a lot of women out there who are placed into that situation and they want something so badly and they feel like it's kind of part of the the gig and so I empathize with that and and I can relate to a lot of it it's not like it didn't happen to me but it happened so young in my life that like I said by the time I got up older I just wasn't going to have any of it right. you know if if in fact I had someone who was the um business manager for Chicago and he said to me, Shanta, you scare people. <laughs> you scare <laughs> you scare men. People are afraid. And I thought, well, well you're, you're consistent. I can tell you that. <laughs> <laughs> but you know what? I had, I wasn't mean. I was, and I Never was actually mean. quite flirty, you know, but there was a line and, and, and invariably men tried to push and, and, see where that line was and ultimately if we work together the line was drawn and um and and if they crossed it then i normally didn't look back i didn't work with them again i'm gonna let you Um, answer the second half of this question we're gonna take a quick break uh, or my producer is gonna kill me Uh, i'm used to this feeling we're shotzi hageman this is women in business that i dig what they do and everything about Shotzi I dig and have appreciated uh, so much. You have no idea, Shotzi. You are, you are family to me and our family. Uh, you're in the Keep Mississippi Beautiful studio. Go to visit Mississippi.org. It's all there. We'll be right back. Oh, I don't mind most of the time. beginnings all the way back to 1943. Guarantee Bank has grown from offering the basic banking services and products to serving customers with a comprehensive, complete line of expertise and products only expected at much larger institutions. We are proud to be your local big-time bank. So when you're looking for a bank you can truly depend on and trust, and like me so many years ago trying to find my way around, let Guarantee Bank with its 17 convenient locations, help you on your journey and become a wonderful addition to your family like they have mine for over 30 years. Guarantee Bank, member FDIC. The news doesn't sleep, and neither do we. Fox News Radio, late breaking, up to the minute, from around the world, around the clock, here on Super Talk Mississippi. Mississippi Minute with Steve Azar, right here on Super Talk Mississippi. Winding down a complete Mississippi Minute, there's never enough time that I need. I just need to spend months, not a Mississippi Minute, with uh, my girl Shotzi. We're Shotzi Hageman, one of the greatest publicists ever, but also one of the greatest people I've ever met in my life. And I've met a lot of people, so it's... uh, I had a lot of people on this show, and I appreciate you taking the time to be on this side of the interview because I know how you are, and um, and I know you I know you like to take be just just a step back behind the the artist right. and let them do their thing, but it means the world, and this is this is all about women in business. I dig what they do. This is it. You're in the Keep Mississippi Beautiful Studio. Go to visit Mississippi.org. 
You'll even find me in there, I'm telling you, on a country music trail marker. All right, Shotzi. Yeah. Uh, we're going to wind this thing up. Um, so fin- let's talk about the, the back half of that question. The yeah. challenges of none of us being on the road now. What are you doing? Well, it's definitely went, you know, I, I've been selectively slowing down over the last few years and taking fewer clients and um, by choice. But it also then went from kind of mid to to it was manageable to nothing. You know, I was getting, you know, everybody just shut down at lockdown, you know, mm-hmm. especially like, say, March, April, that area. But I just, just in June, started working up again with somebody releasing an album, um, but they're still not touring. It's all this virtual stuff. Everybody's doing a virtual concert. Everyone's doing the Zoom Oh, it's stuff. awful. I've been doing them. I, I know. It's like, but you know what? I, I'm so over it. I'm so bored with it. I can't yeah. tell you. Yeah. But I am fortunate that I, I am busy with that project, and I have two artists that are um, black, and one's got a, um, uh, a podcast that she's about to launch called color me country so i'm getting ready to make a big announcement about that that's awesome and so i'm I'm having i'm having to get creative you know um they're still it's busy but it's not like it was and quite frankly if it doesn't you know a lot of people were thinking maybe in the fall they would start booking up some dates but i don't know it's looking like that could even get pushed back oh it's starting to get pushed back for me i mean it's been you know november stuff going away now so it's wow uh people are just you know so how are you dealing with it well is it did you just flip the interview i did you you are allowed (laughs) one question (laughs) and listen the only reason i'm saying that is because i am miles and miles away from you and i know i can't get in too much trouble You can't you get your so hands on me. It. You can't get your you hands on me. You are so full of You <laughs> make me it. sound so mean. No, you're the sweetest, most wonderful. You're you're like my song, Tender and Tough. That's what you are. You're both. You're Uh-oh. both those. Hey, uh, well, for me, it was a uh, um, it was a little bit of a juggle because you expected you expect income and you expect that. So I had to sort of sort of figure things out. But um, you know, it also helps you reset. And there were mm-hmm. some things that I was making some money on that uh, I felt like it was worth the money. Uh, and that I just, but it wasn't worth my heart and soul and my effort. So I, I, I've let some things go, believe it or not. Mm-hmm. <laughs> I did a, I did a cleanup. I, I basically, yeah. not only like everybody has gone in and remodeled, repainted, uh, you know, we've done all this stuff around the house, but I did that with internally within me and mm-hmm. I'm happier. I mean, like, uh, so I gave up more money when it's all said and done, because I just felt like there's things in your life we got to make sure of that. Um, and for everybody. You know, it, 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 wasn't, it wasn't even good for some of the people I was doing business with with them on their end. So it was a mutual, a mutual thing. But we were sort of stuck, and you get stuck into some. It's like relationships when you're growing up. You get stuck, and mm-hmm. you, and you know it's not right, right? And then you're, but you're just going through the motions, and those emotions eventually catch up, and it just doesn't work out. I you know? know, so it ends up being. So anyway, but we're fine. We're great. I mean, it's. Um, uh, you just adapt, overcome, and improvise, and and life is life is. Well, I'm here. so proud of you that you have so much, you know, the show going on, and you're still writing. And I'd love, love, love to see you and Gwen. But I'm just so proud for you oh, and of you, and and like I said, I love and adore you and your family. That's well, all. Well, you know, you're one of the gifts of this business. Well, I love you so much. Well, I'm going to come give you a big hug very soon. I appreciate you taking a Mississippi minute with me. Well, it's uh, been fun. See that? What I tell you? 
Well, I wouldn't have done it. I swear, I I usually don't do this. I would, I just go shut down and go, no, no, thank you. Um, but I trust you, so. Of course, you. I'm going to go. Uh, I feel like there's so many things we could have that I didn't fully answer, but. That's okay. That's because I my questions are sideways. So you just no, you, you it's can only just a lot something. we have to cram in. We yeah. haven't talked in a while. I know. Well, I think this show is all about that and letting people into our world and and letting them feel the love. And I and I've definitely felt the love. I've got to go at fifteen minutes. I got to go bleep out a word of you. So so <laughs> some things don't ever change. <laughs> That's right. <laughs> I love you. Have you been in the Keep Mississippi Beautiful studio with my girl Shotzi Hageman, one of the greatest publicists in the world, but great friend. Uh, so beautiful inside and out and tough as nails. She's the one you want on your side in the music business. Go to visit Mississippi.org to find out everything you can do right now. This has been the women in business. I dig what they do. We'll see you later. I'm Steve Azar. In a Mississippi Minute, all 60 of them, where you can take your sweet time. Humble beginnings all the way back to 1943, Guarantee Bank has grown from offering the basic banking services and products to serving customers with a comprehensive, complete line of expertise and products only expected at much larger institutions. We are proud to be your local big-time bank. So when you're looking for a bank you can truly depend on and trust, and like me so many years ago trying to find my way around, let Guarantee Bank with its 17 convenient locations, help you on your journey and become a wonderful addition to your family like they have mine for over 30 years. Guarantee Bank, member FDIC. A Super Talk Mississippi media production.